here comes a new challenger. From 8-bit to 35mm, game pads to the silver screen, your favorite video game characters are on a quest to become movie icons. Can they unlock the achievement? Let's go for broke! It's time to press X to reload. Hey everybody, welcome to Press X to Reload for fans of games and films and the attempt for games to become films without being a complete travesty. I'm Nick Moore and with me as always is Wayne Brissett. Wayne? Good evening everyone. And with me is Mark Athanas. Mark? Howdy. And today we are talking about the 2005 uh, video game to film translation of Doom, the first-person shooter, with uh, Universal producing it, gigantic names and gigantic people like Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Carl Urban, and a whole bunch of B-actors that I recognize but couldn't place a name to for the life of me. Gentlemen, what did you think of it? I love this film. <laughs> um, I loved it when it first came out. Just good, fun... Good, great pacing, solid action. It's like a cheesy man's predator it meets aliens. I don't know, just everything about it. I love Carl Urban. I love The Rock. So both of them are standout for it for me. I mean, I own this on Blu-ray, so it was nice to pop that in and watch it again. But uh, the, the quick summary is I, I love this movie. It's, it's one of my favorite game-to-movie movies. <laughs> I'm not saying whether it's adapted well or not. I'm just saying it's one of my favorite games of movie, <laughs> movies. How about you, Mark? Yeah, you know what? I get a kick out of the movie. It was funny, actually. So I loved it when it first came out just because I thought it's just it doesn't I don't feel like it ever takes itself too seriously. So it just put me in the right place and not take it too seriously. So it's so easy to enjoy. It was fun watching it again because I kept thinking to myself throughout it. I was like, man, the rocks come far as an actor. Like <laughs> there's some scenes where I just feel like he is just chewing scenery <laughs> but it works so well in the movie I, I you know i love it um but he's actually come pretty far and then uh i forgot rosamund pike was in this so right 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 i was like oh crap rosamund pike's in this so like yeah so it was kind of fun and again uh, i agree with wayne the pacing the actions over the top it's ridiculous it's it's perfect it's doom <laughs> Yeah, like to me, this is a great Hollywood action film. I mean, yeah. yes, it is in the same vein as Predator. I'm not going to pretend it's on the same level, but the idea of a bunch of badasses going out to face a threat that is well above anything they, they're ready for. To recap for anyone who has not seen this, this is a fantastically more complicated plot than the game. The game is gun is in your hand. There's demons that have overrun a facility. Go get them. This one tries to add a few steps in Carl Urban's character being the main character of this, having a family relationship to his sister who's on this facility on Mars that they go to, and it being an entire group of people rather than just one. And other than that, it's it's pretty close to the game plot of they go out there and they think it's just whatever, and it turns out to be, I think, demons? I'm not entirely yeah, sure. Yeah, some... Uh, I would say demons. They're just genetically. They have a genetic spin to it. Yeah, yeah. it's just genetic human. But it like it it it's only attracted to people with the psychopathic gene. So it's kind of like eh, it's evil, 
genes? Like, it's like, it's kind of weird, right? So Right. So it's a genetic mutation yeah. or infection, like a zombie film, but it only wants to infect you if you're already kind of evil and crazy to begin with. Which is something I've never yeah. really seen before, and I thought that was kind of neat, but it makes it skirt the line between is it genetic or is it supernatural? They never really give a clear answer. Mm-hmm. Don't really care either way, but it's interesting that they straddle the line. Agreed. Right? Yeah. 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 And again... Huge fan of the film. I thought I owned it. I was certain I owned it. Couldn't find it, so I ended up renting it off the Cineplex <laughs> store and then immediately bought it on Blu-ray afterwards because the Cineplex store only had the theatrical version, and I want my unrated version with the slightly longer first-person sequence. But <laughs> it's funny. The The film is a really good video game adaptation, but it suffers from the fact of the, the game that immediately came out before it. So this came out in 2005. Doom 3 came out in 2004. And I don't know how well mm. you remember Doom right. 3, but Doom 3 really dropped the action down to try and Never make it more it. of a horror action experience. You have your flashlight mm. and your gun, but you can't have both at the same time, and it's a lot of monsters like popping out of the dark. The first half of this film plays more like a horror film than an action film, to a huge degree. I think you're like oh yeah, over Agreed. half an hour yeah. into it before you even see a monster clearly. Which, again, yeah. is not a huge complaint. Yeah. The the tension is done really well, but the movie feels like it has this identity crisis where the first third to half of the film, it's trying really hard to be Doom 3, and like you'd mentioned earlier, to be like Predator, where it's this unseen foe coming at them. The last third of the movie, when it just decides to go balls-to-the-wall, gory horror action like the first two games, is why I bought the movie a second time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the part for me where it blends the aliens piece in. That's when it starts to feel like, okay, they realize they're dealing with something and they are not prepared for it. And now it's time to go full aliens on this thing. They're like colonial Marines trying to take out whatever is just kill everything. We don't care if it moves, shoot it. Like it's just, <laughs> I just, it, it gets fun. And then, you know, Rock's heel turn-ish in it is this. the greatest heel turn ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just... Oh, whatever. Murder everything. Women, children, whatever. <laughs> By any means necessary. Well, and you see... Any s- means necessary. You see The Rock's character slowly getting more tense about the situation because it's something that he cannot control or anticipate. The number of times that he's clashing mm-hmm. with Carla Urban's sister in it. Uh, the the mm-hmm. scientist wanting to know, in his words, what the <laughs> is going on. As the situation is spiraling more and more away from him, it's just, okay, I'll follow my orders and we'll get this done and my soldiers will get out. And that hits a turning point for him once he realizes that they can't contain this. So he is the villain by the end of it, but it's not surprising that he becomes a villain. And it's not like, oh, he was sinister the whole time. You just see a guy who's really used to having full control of the situation, watch it go away from him and he snaps. Yeah, and what I find interesting is this is early rock, so it's weird for him to be the villain. Like oh, yeah. he he's always yeah. the good guy. I don't even know he's been a bad guy since this movie. Like he is the yeah, hero, I can't think right? of one either. So Yeah. No, like the closest is Fast and Furious when he's chasing them and then he just ends up joining them, right? So like Right, right. Yeah. yeah, so he's never been a villain again. So it's kind of an interesting movie in that like the rock's the villain and he's never done it since. And he's only really the villain for like the last 20 minutes. It's the moment that they realize yeah. that the contagion may have spread to all of the researchers and civilians that are on this facility that they've gone to check and clear out and, and all of that. 
when they teleport back to there and you can see most of them are destroyed for a brief moment i wasn't sure did he kill all of them they're fine or did the Mm. monsters get to them he's clearly killing all of the ones that are still alive but for a moment i thought he may have just done all of it yeah yeah i assumed it was the monster just because of how many people were dead when the last guy's arriving i'm like okay there's no way he killed that many people in the time it takes them to teleport he's efficient it's also it's the rock yeah, it's, you never know, it's The Rock. But backtracking very, very early into it, so you've got this group of elite soldiers where, of course, they have their call signs, and I love that every one of them, they go to grab their guns, <laughs> yeah. and as they touch their gun, it sees their DNA and says their call sign out loud, and some of them have cool names yeah. like Duke, and The Rock is Sarge, and then that the one destroyer. <laughs> destroyer, and then the one is The Kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? Come on. <laughs> And I mean, yeah, fine, it's his first mission, but really, that's the name you give him? How did he make it onto the elite team of soldiers? Nothing he does (laughs) in the entire story makes any sense of the fact that he would be with these group unless he was, like, forced onto them by the corporation or he's, like, part of the press that's supposed to be there. He's the only member that stood out as not belonging, and I feel like he's only there so at the end when The Rock decides to, you know, go full-on evil... The kid is the one who says there's civilians here and we can't shoot them. And he shoots the kid, I think, mm-hmm. in the throat, which is awesome. Throat. Which yeah. is crazy. Because <laughs> he wasn't even infected at that no. point. No, <laughs> you will follow. No. Yeah, he's not even affected. The Rock is still just normal soldier. <laughs> no. Shoots him in the <laughs> yeah. throat and yeah. you will follow orders and raises that one eyebrow before <laughs> raising his weapon. Dear yes. God. Mutinous. What was it? Mutiny is punishable by death. Yes. That's mutinous insurrection is, is mutinous yeah. insurrection is punishable by death. And you okay, have that, like a warning shot, maybe? <laughs> you have that brief moment where Carl Urban is down by the kid who's been shot mm. and looks up at the rock and starts to lift his weapon up, and it looks like it's gonna be a That's showdown a cool right there before, yeah. of course, you know, the horde shows up again and they have to fight more zombies and monsters. But going it's a back, good moment. Oh yeah, going back way back mm-hmm. to again the the guns and such. I love what they did with the main character of it, with Carl Urban basically being Doom Guy. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. the idea that John Grimm is his name and his code uh, his code name is Reaper, Reaper, so he's Grim Reaper. I like mm-hmm. a little bit less yeah. that they mention in the film, like his sister does the Grim Grim Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was nice as yeah. a as subtle it, as thing in the background. They question the audience intelligence. Right. But I do like he says... Just in case they don't get it. I didn't give myself that name. <laughs> he seems like a very reluctant <laughs> killer throughout the entire thing. Yeah. But it's funny. The Rock is overplaying every scene that he's in. He's ramped up the, what the fuck is going yeah. on? And, you know, you will yeah. fall in line and all of this stuff. And Carl yeah. Urban, it's not like he's not acting well, but he underplays everything and it looks like he's just about to explode underneath but he's keeping it all really subtle and the two of them in a scene together is a really weird mix but i dug it and carl urban's maybe the only person in that film who i feel like if he decides to stand up against the rock might stand a chance (laughs) yeah Yeah. despite the fact that i think he's half his size it's weird though because um when they're in their fight scenes and again this is not the rock of today because like that's the other thing i noticed when watching the movie i was like my God, The Rock's gotten bigger. Oh, like, yeah. But yeah. He's, he's, The Rock is bigger than him. But because The Rock is like a normal big guy in this movie, it doesn't seem like he's superhero big. So it's like, uh, yeah. he probably should lose this fight, but maybe because Carl Urban doesn't look tiny. <laughs> well, and yeah. I mean, at that point, they're both 
kind of over the top enhanced what have you yeah but again going back to a little bit earlier the the monsters i forgot how oh, good the yeah. effects like the practical effects were for these yeah. things yes and even yeah. watching some of the behind the scenes afterwards because again i got my my blu-ray copy the amount of actual practical effects and they go okay well we'd make the head on the monster cg so you could have you know saliva dripping down and some level of expression mm -hmm. but most of it is guys in suits and it's really good it makes me <laughs> yeah. miss when they it works well yeah it makes me miss when they would do this stuff now everything's kind of cg this looked really good and way more violent than I remember for a film that was apparently PG. How is this PG? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't get how this is PG either. The opening of the film with the girl, like she's like trying to stop a door and loses her hand. I was like, oh, God, I don't remember oh, that yeah. happening this early. Like, it's yeah. just vicious. The dismemberments. Ears are getting torn off. Limbs are getting ripped off. The infection is that weird tongue thing like latching onto your throat. Well, and they shoot that one naked girl. Straight and up murder. Like, I was just like, I thought this was, yeah, again, like PG. I, I was like. Unless, they're, this unless like I don't remember the theatrical version being far less gory or. Well, the theatrical. Like maybe watching the Blu-ray. I just I watched got all the bonuses. For this. I watched the theatrical <laughs> one and then bought the Blu-ray. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I'm watching the theatrical yeah. going. I remember walking out of the movie the first time going, that was a really fun movie. But man, they shouldn't have made it PG. Doom is an R-rated game. This should have been an R-rated film. How did this get a PG? This was very R-rated. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was yeah, so much sure. blood. <laughs> for sure. Like, there is so much blood and gore. Like, they do in, like, yeah. an autopsy and pull out, like, a heart and a liver. And it's, yeah. like, it's just like, oh, okay. Like, I don't really get it. And, fun I mean, the yeah. absolute number of F-bombs dropped in this movie. <laughs> Again, yeah. for a PG-13, I know I say that a lot in life, but I was starting to notice it in this movie, and that says something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's a PG film. It's crazy. Somehow, Universal yeah. bought that rating. Yeah. That is the only explanation. Yeah, it doesn't fit. You've got your eclectic mix of soldiers. You have the kid, which you know we've discussed. You've got Rock as the Sarge. You've got uh, the Destroyer there, which is like the the big black guy who doesn't really talk except for i think maybe five words in the entire movie maybe if you yeah, yeah just about if you subtract out r during fight scenes actual words yeah. i think he says about yeah. five of them and then you have yeah. the two most interesting characters for kind of including in that mix just because they're such polar opposites you have the highly highly religious zealot who's a member of their crew Mm -hmm. who, when he says God damn it once by knocking over a barrel, stops in the middle of a combat situation to pull out a knife and carve a cross onto his arm as penance for upsetting God. Mm -hmm. And then you have the greasiest, dirtiest, slimiest man oh. alive teamed up with them. His teeth looked greasy. His teeth looked like they had a layer of slime yeah. on them. And just everything about him made you crawl. His opening line is, what are you going to do on uh, on your leave? He's like, I'm going to lock myself in a room with some, like, Taiwanese female boys or something. Yeah, with a, <laughs> like, I'm going to lock myself in my crazy. room with a bottle of tequila and two 15-year-old she-boys. Yeah. Like, wow. She-boys. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's his intro. <laughs> and he never really drops back from that. No, no, he, he sustains that level of creep. Like when he first gets to the facility and he's going to all those women, oh, ladies, uh, where oh, are yeah. contamination? I'm going to have to strip search all of you. <laughs> Hold that thought. This, I'm going to have to. Like. <laughs> but alternatively, 
He's the only member of that crew that seems to have any common sense of, guys, we need to get out of here. Guys, this place is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we should probably get reinforcements. He's the voice of reason, and he seems to be made of pure just disgust. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Either yeah, it's way, funny. good mix of people in the team, so I appreciated that. Yeah. It reminded me of, like, what was it, uh, Hudson and Aliens? Yes. Where he's like, we're all going to yeah. die, man. Like, he, he reminded me of that guy, like, just kind of a, a bit of a weasel. But saying yeah. common sense things. He's like if Burke and Hudson like merged into one character, they'd turn into that guy. Yeah. All the weaselness of Burke, but all of the guys were yes. way in over our head of Hudson. Uh, so I kind of yeah. enjoyed him, even though he's a horribly despicable member of the group. I almost felt bad <laughs> yeah. when he got dummied, though I did really appreciate... Again, in the first half of the film, when they're really playing up the horror tropes and they're down in the sewers, because, of course, there's a sewer section. Mm. And he's walking along and he's slightly behind them as they've got all their guns out. And then he drops under the water. I thought, okay, that's where he's dead. Oh. Yeah. And he just fell down a hole. I stepped they in the hole. Back up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like, ah, I stepped in the hole, man. <laughs> it was a good fake out. It was a good fake out. But, yeah, it's like really solid horror experience that I wasn't looking for horror at the beginning and then a really solid action sequence at the end it had almost like a from dusk mm-hmm. till dawn vibe of two films that got smashed together agreed yes but I can see how it happened because again this came out just after Doom 3 it makes me wonder if we had a Doom film say even two or three years prior would have been more action influenced did Doom 3 yeah. kind of taint the mm. the tone that they were going for for this film no way to really know for sure. And I mean, Doom Annihilation only came out a couple of years ago and it had Doom 2016 to act as a model and Annihilation, I'm warning you now, I've seen it and this is better than Doom Annihilation. <laughs> so it had a better model to work from and this was the better movie. But this had real actors and real effects and real music. The music is amazing. Yeah. The music yeah, is the music was fun. Yeah, the music's actually really good. Um, it's funny too because I, I was watching it, thinking to myself, I almost want to see them make it now. Like I almost want to see I a agree. new do. You know, again, not, not a not a sequel, not anything, just a new do movie with today's special effects, today's budget. And I just feel like you know, maybe make it a like an HBO Max thing where it's like a little mini series, so you can really get into the deeper lore aspects, right? Because this movie. I don't know how it did. did. Anyone look at the Rotten Tomatoes? It just—it does feel like it skips through. Yeah, blah blah blah. There's a teleport thing to Mars. There's an ancient civilization. Yeah, stuff. Anyway, here's the movie. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> and it's funny because all that stuff exists in the game. The idea of the portals to hell coming up because UAC is messing around with teleportation and dimensional travel—that's in this, but it's. The dimensional travel doesn't seem to be the big problem. It's what they find on Mars ends up being the big problem. Whereas in the the game, mm. it's accidentally opening a rift to hell, if I remember correctly. Mm. But yeah, like there's a lot of background stuff in this that happens. But it, as Wayne said, it feels more like it's just Predator. They drop a bunch of soldiers in there to see what happens to them. I would yeah. be curious. Yeah. And again, I really like the ensemble thing that they went for here. I would be curious, though, if they tried to remake the film... If they didn't do it as an ensemble, had, for example, Carl Urban be the Doom guy again, but as someone who's mainly separated from everyone else going through it on his own and at certain points Mm -hmm. meeting up with people, because that's how the games largely play out is you're mostly a solitary figure. 
So it was a little bit, right. it wasn't necessarily a bad decision. It works to have an ensemble and it creates some really cool confrontations and chemistry. But it was weird that they took the first person shooter, the genre that is defined as you are the solitary hero and made an ensemble mm. film out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that'd be cool. And I think Carl Urban can carry a movie. Like, I loved Dread. Oh, so. oh yeah. It's bizarre <laughs> how many iconic characters he plays in the genre kind of circle. He's Bones in Star Trek. Yeah, he's he's Dread. He's mm-hmm. the Doom guy at this point. He's Billy Butcher in The Boys. If you want a solid mm-hmm. actor... Lord who of will, the Rings. Right, he's in Lord of the Rings. If you want a solid actor who will mm-hmm. do genre work... Carl Urban brings an A game to a B movie every time. And it's, Thor Ragnarok. That's right? amazing. It's just so good. Yeah. It's good yeah. at everything he does. But I yeah. really appreciate him because awesome. he never seems to overplay his hand. His acting is always exactly the yeah. right level, but he never feels to really be chewing the scenery. Everything down to in this where two-thirds of the way into the film, he's been mortally wounded by a ricochet bullet and his sister's going to inject him with chromosome 24 which is the chromosome that'll mm-hmm. apparently turn crazy people into demons and good people into gods injects it into him and yeah. just the i've done some bad things <laughs> he doesn't want to be injected <laughs> yeah like the doubt that he shows there in a hollywood action film he seems believable in it i thought that was really well played and mm-hmm. it wasn't kind of mm-hmm. too far and then of course you get the first person action sequence which is hands oh. down Yes. One of the coolest goddamn things in this movie. Five and a half minutes long, one continuous shot. Yes, they do cuts Hollywood style to make it work without having to actually do one shot. But it looks like one shot and it feels like the game. It was really cool. And it doesn't feel out of place either. It's not like, oh, God. No. Where did this come from? And they do three things that I really appreciated. You have all the stuff in between that's cool, between like him lining up shots on the sniper scope and shooting and getting knocked around. Mm -hmm. But when it first starts up, the jarring camera movement of him getting up and then walking towards the mirror so that the audience who doesn't know the hell a first-person shooter is goes, okay, we're definitely seeing it through his eyes because he looks right at himself in the camera and then pulls the gun up in front of himself and loads it because every video game you stare at your gun when you load it. (laughs) Then halfway through, all of the things that he's shooting and fighting, when he spins, shoots the reflection of himself in the wall right between the eyes (laughs) and then stares at it for a second. Really cool. And then at the very end, when you've got that entire first-person sequence done, how it kind of pans up just slightly a little bit, and then he walks he walks in up. frame from the far left, and you go, yes. okay, that shot is over, but it felt almost like the transition of in-game to a cutscene again. Like, it, they handled yeah. it really well. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you guys can point out some things I was missing, but what were things that stood out to you about, like, that big moment of the film? You know what? The overall vibe of this film has that... B-class level mm-hmm. to it that I think you have to appreciate B-class movies maybe to even like this movie more than it. Like I know you guys like B-class movies so it makes it easier for us to be like, oh, this is amazing because one of the biggest things we haven't really talked about yet is the humor in this film is spot on. Oh, yeah. It's written so <laughs> yeah. well from beginning to end. Yeah. And I, I get it actually a lot of like Sam Raimi's Evil Dead through this. Okay, yeah, yeah, Just yeah. the way certain comedy, certain things are filmed. One of the standout scenes for making it feel like that is when the Destroyer is in the pit fighting the creature yeah. or whatever it is. And just yeah. how he goes, he gets up and he goes bonkers. He's throwing tables. He's got a monitor flipping it around. <laughs> monitor whipping around his head. head. And, yeah. And, but like the monster's still kicking the <laughs> out of him. And you're just like, this is very Evil Dead. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It's, it's dark, but it's lighthearted. It's that perfect B class. And I think this movie nails it. Unfortunately, 
I just pulled it up, Mark. It's sitting at like thirty five percent or something like that. Like Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I think a lot of people wrong on this one. They're objectively wrong. <laughs> well, I, th- I think it comes part of that B class appreciation. You have to understand what this movie's trying to be. Oh yeah, <laughs> on all levels. Like you, I know you said it yourself. It's trying to find its identity at the beginning, and I agree with that. But I, well, and I, the, the humor, I, I really the humor felt to me uh, links at all. Yeah, yeah and I, I really felt that particular scene. It is my favorite scene of the movie, and it's one of my favorite scenes in any video game movie because it so accurately replicates what it's like to play that particular game. Like yes. That's exactly <laughs> what that game feels like when you play it. Everything from shooting the enemy and shooting the walls, the environmental thing takes it out. Or like, you know, the one guy just pops up. It's just like a jump scare, but they just put the gun under his chin and like blows the head off. And then like <laughs> that's the fighting best. those bang, dogs. Bang. <laughs> Boom. Or the and then even like fight. fighting those, that little dog. I remember fighting those things. And I remember feeling that hectic with the chainsaw fighting that oh, yeah. thing. I'm like, oh God. You yeah. Know, the so idea that they have the, the wheelchair guy Pinky so well. become the Pinky demon in this. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And in terms of the humor, my favorite moment in this movie, Grin's watching this with me because God help her, she suffers through all of these things with me. She's maybe not as big a fan, yeah, but Christina yeah, does the same. She's <laughs> finding things she enjoys. She did say she liked this movie afterwards. So The Rock has killed the kid. The Rock has been grabbed by the demon horde and been dragged away. Yes. And his line oh, of I'm not supposed to die as he gets pulled away is absolutely <laughs> awesome. Yeah. But it's classic. He shows up after the first person shooter sequence. He's clearly demonized at this point. Carl Urban is clearly superhuman at this point. So now you're going to have a real throwdown between them. And it's a good choreographed action. It is. It's it's a good Before it starts, the moment where Carl Urban is looking for the rock with his rifle and the rock is sneaking around one of the pillars with this <laughs> 10 foot long piece the of the scenery <laughs> ready well, to, yeah ready to like beat oh, him with that it. one and he's yes, sneaking yes. like a ninja you don't hear any sound from yes. either of them but it's a wide shot so you can see them both moving eight feet away from each other before it comes up I'm like crank crank and this is gonna be the best part of the movie this is gonna be the best part <laughs> that comes up just like <laughs> How does he not hear him? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's of amazing. course, we got to talk about the BFG. Oh, I'm sorry. It was, that pretty was cool. awesome. Again, recreating, recreating a game moment, getting your hands on that gun. And then what it does was just like when he first fires and he's like, holy. When he first finds it and it's levitating in, in yeah. spot there, like on the security thing. And Chris like, why is it floating? Is it I said, biofusion it's gun floating or because that's what it does in the game yeah. when you find it. Don't question the logic. It floats. Yeah. Yes. And of course, him doing the the big <laughs> gun instead of the bioforce gun. gun. Yeah. Bioforce. When they're standing off at the that's end it. and just the, you thinking of killing me, Reaper? Yeah, I was kind of planning on yeah. it. Just the, how many shots yeah. you got left? Half a clip. <laughs> you looks down Half at the clip. BFG. Just one round. Just one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, that whole fight is ridiculous like you said the action the action's really good in it it's not doing a bunch of quick cuts you can tell they choreographed it they had time to really get some good hits in every time someone Mm -hmm. gets a legitimate solid hit they're knocking each other clear across the room things like carl Mm -hmm. urban zip tying the rock's hand to one of the one of the railings so you can hold him in place and try and choke him out and beat on him and then the rock ripping that railing out punching him and then wrapping the steel from that railing around his hand to make like brass knuckles (laughs) that's the kind of fight we're in for it's a superhero fight and then joining their hands with those same brass knuckles yeah while it's through his hand oh 
such I don't know. a good it's fun. A good, it's good fun, man. Yeah. yeah. It's, as you guys have said before, with, uh, with films that you know the source material really well, it's sometimes hard to separate yourself. And I've played a fair amount of Doom, so I know it's hard to separate that from it. But as much as I try to, as a just as a action film, it's a solid action film. It has really good effects. The acting is exactly the level you want for it. The music, as I'd mentioned, mm-hmm. it has the feel of it to a point where I questioned whether or not they'd gotten one of the composers from the game. Like it has that techno mixed with heavy guitar riff whenever the action kicks yeah. in that sounds yeah. like the game. one of the tracks. The, the first person sequence sounds like the first oh, yeah. stage of Doom 1. It sounds like 100%. episode one, mission one. It's really well handled. I thought that was awesome. I kind of want to pick up the soundtrack now. I have very yeah. few faults to levy against it as a film in general, other than that identity crisis yeah. at the beginning. But I know that's because of Doom 3, which is one more reason that I'm frustrated by Doom 3, not by this movie. Yeah, I, you know, as a realistic preview, you gotta, you gotta, the movie's not taking itself seriously, so don't take it too seriously. Because again, there are things they skip over in terms of plot. They're not gonna go deep into the archaeology bit. And no. again, they don't define is it demons or is it science? You know, they don't, they don't really get into some of their lore around it. And again, the, the humor is there to tell you, like, hey, we're going a little bit over the top here. The rock's gonna choose some scenery here, but that's the movie you're in for. And like, you know, Wayne said, like, you know, when, when these critics get a hold of these things and they, they give it a low score, you're like, I, I don't, you didn't go to an art house film. This is Doom. <laughs> like, it, it is supposed to be heavy metal, guts and gore, going hard. Like, that's what you signed up for. And you know what? They yeah. deliver on it. I thought it was an art house film. <laughs> our, our type of art house film. Splatterhouse? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, solid beginning to end to me. Really, really enjoy it. Yeah. I have so few complaints. The fact that when in the early beginning of it, when it sounds like, oh, there's going to be someone on the facility that, you know, Grimm doesn't want to see. I'm thinking, okay, great love interest. No, it's his sister. Oh, yeah. And it's because she yeah. went up to continue doing the archaeology after their parents disappeared during the archaeology. So she's carrying on the family legacy, whereas he kind of shied away from it and decided to, I don't know, vent frustration through killing things. But the familial yeah. bond instead, that's a nice change of pace, right? It creates Absolutely. a completely yeah. different dynamic. Yeah. Very well, happy with it. <laughs> and the one soldier nonstop hitting on his sister is hilarious. Oh, yeah. The LL Cool J ripoff? Yeah. 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 That's exactly <laughs> the vibe I was getting off that guy. Yeah. Well, he doesn't Ford do as well as LL cool in, uh, in Deep Blue Sea, unfortunately. He doesn't, Deep uh, Blue sea. No. He doesn't no. do quite as well. No. He holds up the long-standing tradition of the black man not making it out. No, he dies exactly <laughs> the way Hudson does. Gets pulled through the floor. Yeah. Only yeah. way more violently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Slowly. Oh, man. But, yeah. Absolutely recommend it. Worth seeing. Everything about this is worth checking out at least once. I mean, hell, I owned it, misplaced it, and bought it again. If that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about whether or not it's watching it, I can't help you. <laughs> I second right. that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am objectively right. This should have yes. gotten slightly more recognition than it did. It was good. I agree. Yeah, it needs an Oscar. Definitely needs an Oscar. <laughs> it's a fun film. <laughs> yeah. They need to bring back like the Blockbuster Movie Awards. Well, I mean, they have to bring back yes. Blockbuster. Yes! But this for would get an yeah. award for that, right? But yeah, you have to bring for back sure, Blockbuster, yeah. I guess. Anyway, 
Uh, so absolutely recommend it. Sounds like you guys agree. Next time that we get together to be discussing a film, it will be Assassin's Creed, and oh, we will see if that oh, gives us. Uh, oh God. <laughs> Oh, I haven't boy. seen that oh, one. I actually haven't seen Neither that one Neither have yet. I. So, so we'll be uh, seeing... This is the first film I have. I, it's the first film I haven't seen that we're doing yet. Not the first one I haven't seen. Oh, God. I've seen it. I can't unsee it. Well, let's do it. So <laughs> we'll see if we pray for a swift death. I will death. find something positive. Yeah. <laughs> when this film starts... Double Dragon, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> there, there are positive things in it. Just, you know, I, I don't like it as much as I like do. <laughs> and who could... It has Michael Fassbender in it. They'll at least be that. There is no actor I know that is better at slumming it than Michael Fassbender. So we will see (laughs) him slum his way through all of Assassin's Creed. We look forward to it. Again, we thank you for joining us on Press X to Reload. I have been Nick Moore. With me was William Brissett and Mark Athanas. Gentlemen. Thank you. Adios. Talk to you next time. You've been listening to Press X to Reload. Today's episode featured the voices of Mark Athenis, Wayne Brissett, and Nick Moore. Our theme music was composed by Jack Fierick and performed and realized by Sam Fierick. If you like what you've heard today, subscribe and never miss an episode. Or tell a friend, leave a review. We'll take all the bonus XP we can get. If you have suggestions or feedback, you can contact Nick Moore via his email, retrogamingfool at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next stage.